Two out of three falls. Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report. My man, how you doing? Doing good, Randy. How about yourself? Doing good. Can't complain. You can find Graham on Twitter, as always, at WrestleRant, the host of the WrestleRant radio show and does great work as a featured columnist for Bleacher Report covering the WWE. So, Graham, uh, lots to talk about between me and you and, and wrestling this week, more so outside the ring. Um that I get to in, uh, later on, but um, we had the Elimination Chamber match coming up, or the pay-per-view coming up, I think, next week, and we we already knew five spots that were going to be in the match, and on Raw on Monday, they had a, a, a fatal four-way match to determine the final spot. So, long story short, it came down to... Seth Rollins um, being entered into the match by Kurt Angle earlier in the night because, you know, Jordan's hurt. Rollins wants to get a part of the, you know, WrestleMania, all that good stuff. So Kurt says, all right, Seth, you're in the match. So now it's a, now it's a fatal five-way. And him and, and Finn Balor both pin Bray Wyatt. And at the end of Raw, pretty sure me, you, and, and everybody else thought that next Monday was going to be between Finn Balor and Seth, and the winner of that will be the final spot. But lo and behold, an hour later, they announced that Seth, both Seth and Finn Balor were going to be in the, the, the chamber match, which leads to the first time ever, a seven-man elimination chamber match at the chamber pay-per-view next week. Um, kind of unfold all of this. One, I guess I'll start with should or are you surprised that Seth Rollins was added to the match in the first place? Um, not entirely surprised. As soon as Angle said that Jason Jordan would be missing WrestleMania, let alone Elimination Chamber, I figured he would play some sort of a factor in the pay-per-view. I mean, they're not going to leave him off the show. He's a huge name. Um, I figured they would replace Balor with Rollins. Um, thankfully, right. that's not the case, but we ended up with the Elimination Chamber, the seven-man chamber match that you mentioned. Mm. I mean, um, I, I I was a little shocked that that he was added. I, I I don't know why, but I guess because you know all signs pointed that Jordan was going to be out. We don't want Seth to be involved in a, 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 uh, another tag team match. I know Kurt Angle said, "Well, I can find you a, a, a different partner." Seth was like, "No, listen, with all due respect." I got I got a fight for the title. Um, is you know he mentioned Santa Clara WrestleMania 31 that three years ago. I guess he they were in San Jose on Monday, so he was like three years ago. I was in the match. I was champion, but then I got hurt. So now he's in the match, and then me I'm like all right, either Finn or Seth is gonna win, but they both pin Bray Wyatt. Um, so now when they both pin Bray Wyatt, I'm assuming you as a fan at home was like, alright, so next week, you know, for the go-home, um, they would do Finn versus Seth and the winner goes on to the chamber match, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I'm thinking, okay, kind of a confusing finish, but they build to a match next week between Rollins and Balor. Great hook for next week. Let alone 20 minutes later did they announce on Facebook Live of all platforms yeah. That it would be a seven-man chamber. Why not just wait until next week and build up a match for next Monday? That's what I didn't understand. Or oh, even that, 
just say, hey, tune in next Monday to find out what what the solution is for the chamber match. Don't forget next week. And and the thing is, I don't know why they do it. I don't know why they just rush to, you know, put the put that information out. Now, when 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 fans watch next week, they already know what's gonna happen. And again, it's the go home, so you want to get more viewers for the for that program, but. Again, like you said, 20 minutes later, there's a, a seven-man elimination chamber match announced. And now when you watch Raw next week, it's like, I already know what's going to happen. There's no intrigue. There's no nothing. You, you, you could have had a match. You could have had a match and be a, a, a false finish or double counter or whatever it is. And and then right there, still say, listen, both of you are going to get in or there could be some interference. But lo and behold, we have Finn Balor. Seth Rollins, Elias, Braun Strowman, John Cena, The Miz, and who I uh, who am I forgetting for the chamber? Uh, the Mi- Elias, I, Braun, Elias, John Cena, The Miz, Seth, Finn, and, oh, and, and Reigns. It Reigns. All right, come on, man. How can yeah, I forget I mean, how Reigns? Can you forget Roman? How can I forget? Oh. Yeah. How can I? How can I forget the guy? Um. So <laughs> now, when okay, now they're all in. So now, um, me and you have been questioning, what do we do with Finn Balor at WrestleMania? Now it's, what do we do with Seth Rollins at WrestleMania? Everybody's more likely going to pick Reigns winning the chamber, so he'll likely get Brock at WrestleMania. So now, right now with the way things are being constructed, what do you think plays out, or how do you think it plays out for chamber where if Reigns is the winner, how do they build to something with Seth and something with Finn at WrestleMania? Well, if Reigns is the winner, I mean, it's pretty obvious that he will win. So Uh when Roman wins the Elimination Chamber, um, with Balor, it's more of a question mark. I said this last week. I said this a few months ago. I would build the Rollins and Kurt Angle at WrestleMania. Um, If anyone can get a great match out of Angle, it's going to be Seth Rollins. And it also makes sense, too, um, kind of based off what we saw on Monday between those two with Angle saying, oh, you people are so bad for cheering my son's injury, blah, blah, blah. So you can kind of turn Angle heel if you wanted to, mm. and that'd be great. So Angle, I think uh, Rollins is pretty much set. They're going to find a match for Rollins. He's obviously a higher priority anyway. For Balor, I fear for him just because I feel like he might get lost in the shuffle. They might put the entire Balor club in, in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Wow. Um, I did say this on, on Bleach Report a couple days ago. I don't expect it to happen. I know you saw the article, Randy. Mm-hmm. That Balor would be a better opponent for Taker than John Cena. And I firmly believe that, if only because Cena and Taker, yeah, it's a bigger match. It's going to make more money. But I think the match would be awful. And they, that, that ship sailed a year ago. So I think Balor in that spot, even if he lost, I feel like he'd be a big beneficiary of facing Taker um, on their biggest show of the year. So I don't expect that to happen. It's just pure fantasy booking. Um, but if that doesn't happen... Then Balor and Miz, maybe for the IC title, though I don't expect that to happen either. I would think that in the chamber, we're getting a, um, a Strowman-Miz interaction that sets up their WrestleMania matchup. So that kind of eliminates that possibility. Um, I mean, maybe Balor and Cena, if Taker doesn't come back, though I expect that he will. So if we get Cena-Taker after all, there's not really many viable options left for Balor. And we've already seen him and Wyatt a million times. So I'm not really sure. Um, I would hope they do put him in a prominent match at WrestleMania. But right now I'm not too confident just because they have known to overshadow him in the past. 
And uh, in the Elimination Chamber, it seems like he's the odd man out. Like Elias, he can get away with doing like a concert at WrestleMania. Balor needs a real prominent match. So with the star power they have on Raw and SmackDown, I'm not too confident that's going to be the case. Yeah, because I feel like, you know, this this match is very, you know, important where it's going to set up multiple things going forward for WrestleMania. So, again, if Reigns, like you said, when when, when Reigns wins, he'll get Brock. Then it's like, what do we do with Cena? What, what do we do with Braun Strowman? What do we do with Elias? They're all going to have to be on the card. Uh, I doubt any of those will be in the, the Battle Royal. Um, quick sidebar, any of any event... Seth doesn't win and they don't do the Kurt Angle with him in a match, could it be possible that when it comes to the the, the mixed tag match with Rousey, possible Hunter and Stephanie, that Rousey can team up with Seth Rollins if, if in the event they don't get the rock? Yeah, I could see that. I, I saw the lineup of potential partners for Rousey at WrestleMania if Rock can't make it. Um, I think Rock is obviously number one. If it's not Rock, I think Kurt Angle's number two. Mm. Um, I think Kurt Angle would honestly be a better partner than Rollins, if only because I know Rollins has the history of Triple H, but been there, done that. He would get a nice rub from it, but I think Kurt Angle and Rousey being in that spot would be pretty cool. And Kurt Angle also has that unfinished business with Triple H from Survivor Series. Now, I don't want to see them face off one-on-one, but if they wanted to put them in the next tag... That would make a lot more sense. So I think it goes in terms of um, priority for the partners for Ronda Rousey. I think it's The Rock, Kurt Angle, probably Seth Rollins. I know there was oh, Braun Strowman was also being discussed too. So like I said, I feel like they're probably headed towards a Strowman mismatch at WrestleMania. So Rollins might be like fourth down on the ladder, but he's still a possibility nonetheless, though. So real quick, everybody who was involved in the chamber match. The, the likely outcomes going forward for Mania. You got Brock with Lesnar. Brock with Lesnar. Reigns with Lesnar. Braun, <laughs> Braun with The Miz. Um, what do we do with Elias? Like I said, I don't think he needs a match at WrestleMania. I think he would benefit more from doing a concert. He doesn't even need to wrestle because really? the guy has a wrestler. He's fine. But I think there's re- obviously a strong suit is the singing, is the concerts and shit like that, and getting a rub from people um, like John. I mean, he's obviously gotten big wins in the past over people like Finn Balor, Dean Ambrose, and John Cena. Mm. But he doesn't need a big match at WrestleMania. He wouldn't win anyway. So I would put him in a, you know, like that, that um, opening segment that we got on at WrestleMania a couple of years ago with Hogan, Rock, and Austin. Like, you can do one right. of those segments at WrestleMania this year. It's going to be an eight-hour show anyway. You could do one of those with Elias, and he comes out for a concert. Maybe The Rock interrupts, or Hulk Hogan comes back, or some shit like that. I think he would gain a lot more from that than he would have wrestling a match for like the IC title, or being in the Battle Royal, or even winning that, because that Mojo Raleigh won that last year, and it did nothing for him. So I think Elias would gain much more from being in a segment that does not involve wrestling with a big name like Rock Hogan or someone along you know those lines. And we said Seth is gonna maybe get Kurt, maybe get Kurt Angle, maybe Dark Horse with the the mixed tag match. Um, you said Cena can get either Taker or you said Finn, right? Yeah, Cena or Balor. Cena and Balor would actually make more sense too, because it was Cena who beat Balor to qualify for the Chamber in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be pretty cool. But again, I don't see it happening, unfortunately. And then. 
one, two, three, four, five. Okay, all right. Um, I guess we'll see. I, I, I guess they're gonna start off with three guys in the beginning because I, I doubt they're gonna build a fucking separate pod for this new guy. So, and I, and I think, I think they went seven because, they, and, and you know, and, and it's funny that you know, I think the original plan was to do uh, like a Jordan. Seth Rollins kind of angle for Mania. Jordan's out, so they had to put in Seth Rollins in there to do something because you know, aside from that, they won't just have a seven-man chamber match, out, you know, out the blue. So I think that's I think that's why that's why they did that. Yeah, I would assume so. Um, like you said, I would assume they're gonna just have three people start the match, and they don't want to leave Balor off the card. That was my fear that if Balor didn't qualify on Monday that he'd be like, because it's either the chamber for him or he's off the guard altogether. Like, there's nothing else that makes sense right now other than, like, a six-man with a fucking revival or some shit, which would make, I don't know, that would be pretty a pretty poor use of Dallar. But, um, yeah, it's probably why they did that, I would assume, yeah. Um, also, John Cena beat The Miz, um, and, you know, The Miz got to go in first in the chamber. You know, it's whatever. Anything else on Raw that I am forgetting that that's noteworthy um not really i mean i thought overall it was a good show um i actually thoroughly enjoyed raw a lot more than i did smackdown something i thought i would never say a year ago but um raw has really turned around it's not the most newsworthy show but sometimes that's a good thing there's may not be there may not be like a plethora of amazing things to talk about but there's also not a lot of bad things to talk about either um and i thought it was very effective in building up the elimination chamber pay-per-view coming up so yeah overall that was a solid show they did announce that they did announce that Ronda Rousey will be at the Elimination Chamber, but I'll save that for Mark right. to talk about. So, um, yeah, beyond that, it was a pretty standard show, though. Oh yeah, the 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 Sasha Bailey match was 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 pretty good too. Yeah, that was a good match. Yeah, there was a lot of good matches on the show. I mean, we've seen Roman and Sheamus before a million times. That was a good match. That was mm-hmm. Cena and Miz. We saw that at WrestleMania seven years ago, but that was a good match. The main event was very good, as we talked about. And um, yeah, Bailey and Banks was also great as well, and all further planting the seeds. For that Sasha Banks heel turn, which you have to know is coming at some point in the near future. Right, right. Um, all right, going to SmackDown real quick before we get into that. Um, Dolph Ziggler re-signed with the company, I think, for two years at a million and a half per year. So um, when that happened, uh, I mean, he was U.S. champion. He vacated it. He was out for a month, just out there chilling. He comes back at the Rumble, number thirty, and then he he gets uh, he he gets thrown out in two minutes. Then it's like, all right, then what was the point of holding out and doing all, doing all that good stuff? So now he's back with the company, two years, a million and a half per year, and we saw him on SmackDown. Um, he was supposed to have a one-on-one with Barry Corbin, but they get they both get beat up by Sami Zayn's Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, and they have both they both then have separate matches to determine whether they get into the triple threat match at Fastlane for the championship against AJ Styles. Dolph beats Sami Zayn, and Corbin beats Kevin Owens, and they're both getting cheered from the crowd. So now all five. Uh, Corbin Ziggler, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and AJ Styles for the championship at Fastlane next month. So before that, are you surprised that one Dolph resigned with the company and two for for two years? A little bit. I mean, I was. It, it wasn't more so that I was surprised. I was just disappointed because I was really hoping that he would leave and go elsewhere. And I've said this a million times, but Ziggler is so 
tiresome at this point. The guy's still a good worker. I'm not arguing that, but it's not even his fault. I mean, he comes out there looking like he doesn't want to be there, so I'm not really sure why he signed other than, you know, getting more money for his deal. But um, it's just the booking of his character that's been atrocious over the last number of years. They start pushing him, then they stop pushing him. All these start and stop pushes have really killed any appeal that I've had for Dolph Ziggler in the last, I would argue, the past two years, but they have never really booked this guy right dating back to like his debut 10 years ago. Um, so the fact that he resigned wasn't entirely surprising. I kind of had a feeling that was the case, though I didn't really want it to be. Um, I, I, it's hard to blame the guy because if they're giving you a million dollars, why wouldn't a million and a half dollars, like you said, why wouldn't you resign? Mm. But then in WWE's case, why would you bother wanting keeping this guy around? I know he's a good worker; he does a lot of media for them and some stuff. But in my opinion, he's not worth the money. For a lot of guys that have left in the past, people like Jack Swagger, Cody Rhodes, they were being offered significantly lesser deals. Um, but obviously, Ziggler is a higher priority than those guys. But it's like I'm, I'm, I was shocked that they gave him as much money as they did to stay because it's not. Well, maybe they think that he'll be a threat elsewhere. That he, they know that he'd be a bigger asset in another company like a Ring of Honor or New Japan or elsewhere. Mm. Maybe he's just content with being a mediocre mid-carder. I'm not exactly sure, but um, the fact that he's in the main event of this pay-per-view does not surprise me. The story of Dolph Ziggler over the last number of months that you quickly recapped there with him dropping the U.S. title, coming back in the Rumble for 90 seconds, which was such a waste, only to come back and be inserted into a pay-per-view main event. None of it makes any sense which is why it's super fitting for SmackDown's booking. So, um, I mean, I'm sure the match will be good, but just it, it, it makes zero sense for him to be gone for two months, do nothing upon his return, win one match, and then he's in the main event of the pay-per-view the, for the world title. That we know he's not going to win either. And he said that he's back to headline WrestleMania. So when he doesn't do that, is he going to leave again is my question. So I, I'm not liking the Ziggler booking at all. So then I got to ask you, do you think that with him re-signing two years, and uh, I read somewhere there are some perks where he can, you know, he'll have his time to do his own personal uh, personal projects and uh, stuff like that, but do you think in the cards that some point down the road you're going to see a potential championship run with, uh, with Ziggler having the belt? It's not out of the question. Um, I just feel like... If they were going to do it, and when they should have done it was a couple of years ago. Like, why now? Just because they offered him more money? Like, obviously, they, they wait way too long to strike when the iron isn't hot anymore, which is why they would put the title on him five years after the fact. Like, a Ziggler title run in 2018, 2019. Yeah. So many other talented guys on the roster, with a guy like an AJ Styles and a Shinsuke Nakamura, and, or a Braun Strowman who has yet to win a single title in WWE, you give the belt to a guy like that whose booking has just been terrible. To me, I mean, it's almost as bad as giving Jinder the belt. I mean, the guy's a lot better of a worker, and I'm sure the no. match should be a lot better, don't get me wrong. But it's like, it's hard to take that seriously. Like when Mahal went from losing to Mojo Raleigh to winning the WWE title. But Ziggler, it's like he's losing on kickoff shows, and then he comes back, and he wins the world title. It just doesn't make any sense. So it's not out of the question that he could win the world title at some point down the road. It's not necessarily something I want to see, um, but I, it, I I would not put it past this company though to see that happen at some point. Well, Graham, you know me. I am all for a Dolph Ziggler title run, 2018 or not. <laughs> um, it, it, it was so funny how I was just going back and forth with a fan on Twitter on Monday, 
and he was like, "Oh, Sami Zayn is better than 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 um than Dolph and blah blah blah." And then Tuesday, Dolph beats Sami Zayn in the middle of the ring. So I'm like, "Hey, there you go." I mean, I, they both they, I know, they're both I good. Know. I know what you're talking about. I saw the tweet. It's yeah. just that Ziggler. I mean, Zayn has not been the best booked person ever. I'm not going to be a hypocrite and say that oh, Sami Sami Zayn's going to be the savior of SmackDown. He has not mm. been the best booked superstar either. He has just been booked. Um, a lot less, a lot less over the last number of years than Dolph Ziggler has been, and booked terribly, I should say. Ziggler has been booked terribly for like a decade. Sami Zayn has only been here for a few years, so he, he's still there's still hope for him. For Ziggler, I mean, you can always put the belt on him. Would it mean anything? Not really. But um, it's like when they put the belt on Dolph Ziggler on, on Alberto Del Rio, like two years after the fact, and no one gave a shit. That's what I see this being with Dolph Ziggler at some point later on this year or in 2019. So we have now a, a five-way at Fastlane next month um, from a triple threat match to a five-way. Um, are you happy that Dolphin Baron are in this match, or, or do you feel like what's the point, what's the purpose where you would rather see a triple threat between Sami Zayn, KO, and, and AJ, or does adding Dolph and Baron Corbin kind of um, you know, plant the seeds to where – a possible face turn for both, or just trying to see what they're going to do down the road for WrestleMania purposes? I mean, I was going to say I'm not sure why they did it, but I know there was a report in the last couple of days that said that WWE is doing all these multi-man matches on Raw and on SmackDown. they got a seven-man chamber, a five-man fast-lane main event for the WWE title. It's because they want to add intrigue going into WrestleMania. It was like, oh, who do you think is going to win? Like, it's going to change up the WrestleMania card when it really won't. Mm. Um, AJ won't lose the belt, and he shouldn't lose the belt. So I'm not even really sure what the purpose of this pay-per-view is, like, on the whole. The whole <laughs> match is a complete waste of time. Even the three-way alone with AJ, Owens, and Zayn was a waste of time. Like, you knew it was going to be a good match, but the feud has sucked. And you know that AJ won't lose. So what's even the point? And adding in Corbin and Ziggler, who have been losers for months, makes even lesser sense. So I'm not looking forward to the match. I mean, the match is, as, as a match, it should be good. I'm not denying that, but... From a booking standpoint, it's beyond stupid. It gets no one else over. Um, like, when you focus on five people at the same time, no one gets over. That's the issue with this company. When, Unless they do, like, a one-on-one feud, which they will go into WrestleMania, hopefully, with AJ Nakamura. Because no one other than AJ makes sense to face Nakamura at WrestleMania. So they're not going to win, so why even bother? But, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm in the camp that's not really in favor of this match happening because I just think it's a total waste of time. So what do you make of the fact that KO and Sammy attack Corbin and Dolph and then like they're getting a different reaction from the fans then in the beginning of the night you know you, you looked at Dolph and Baron as two heels going at it and 2 hours later you the, the fans are, are cheering when Dolph wins and cheering when when Baron Corbin wins are we potentially seeing a, a, a tweener face turn for both Dolph and Baron Corbin. I mean, maybe. I mean, it's too early to tell. I would assume not. I mean, there wasn't many other ways they can get Ziggler and Corbin in the match without them earning their entry in the match by beating Owens and Zayn, respectively. Um, I don't think that makes them baby faces. I mean, the matches were good, and the crowd obviously sided with uh, Corbin and, and Ziggler over Owens and Zayn because they've been, you know, uh, the, the, the heels in this whole feud with AJ Styles. So I can't say I'm entirely surprised. But that being said, I wouldn't expect either one to turn face at any point in the near future. 
if at all, down the road. I think Corbin's better off as a heel anyway. I wouldn't turn him. Ziggler, he's better off as a heel, too. But switching sides with him, having him go from face to heel, heel to face, whatever, is not going to change his fortunes at all. He'll still end up in a fucking Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal WrestleMania. Mm. It's not even worth it. Um, I mean, I'm not to say, not to say that they won't turn babyface. I just don't expect them. I just don't expect that to happen. It just blew my mind that they would put Corbin and Ziggler in the spot. And you have a guy like Randy Orton in the mid card doing nothing right now except for a feud with fucking uh, Bobby Roode, which could be good. I'm not looking forward to it, but but you have Orton right there. Yet they put in two losers who mean even less than Orton right now, and Corbin and Ziggler going for the world title. So the booking is all over the place right now. Yeah, what do you make of Orton being with the U.S. title picture with, with Rude and Gender? And again, that seems like another multi, uh, a multi-man kind of feud going on where when it comes WrestleMania time, it, it, it just, if they do a match, it won't be a one-on-one match. It'll probably be a triple threat, fatal four-way for, for the U.S. title. So what do you make of, again, we've seen Cena do it. We've seen Reigns do it. Now Orton is in the mix for the U.S. title, long-time veteran. Um and I'm assuming fans don't want to see Orton in the main title picture right now, but is him being in the U.S. title picture better for him or for the U.S. title? I think for both. I mean, I think Orton being in the main event next right now would make more sense than either Ziggler or Corbin, but that doesn't mean I'm down on the idea of him going after Rude. It's a fresh feud. We've never seen him chase the U.S. championship before, so it's something new, and I appreciate that, and the matches could be fine. Like you said, the whole multi-man thing, I, I talked about it with Raw and SmackDown in the world title pictures right now. We have it with the women on both shows. Now we have it with the U.S. title. It's, it's so ridiculous. We have all these fucking multi-man matches. We get so many of them. And we talked about it. You, you would talk about it here on the show all the time about a year or so ago. Remember, like, on Raw every week, we would get fatal four-ways. We would get triple threats, six-pack challenges. It was a fucking running joke at one point. They finally stopped for a little while. But it seems like they're going back to on the road to WrestleMania. Um, that being said, though, I like Orton in the U.S. title mix. I think it adds more importance to that belt to have a guy like him go after it. Even Mahal, I mean, the guy is not good at all, in my opinion. But he is a former WWE champion. So putting him in that picture right now mm. kind of makes some sort of sense. And they have to give him something to do. Um, but, yeah, I think it's, it's a nice move for Orton. It, it is kind of weird that we do have two baby faces that should be heels and Bobby Roode and Orton facing each other. Uh, right. Both guys should be heels right now, but I would hope that during the course of this feud, we would get one of them turning heel at some point or another because they are desperately needing for a change in character because both guys need to be heels. They're natural heels. And as baby faces, they're over, but they're not as comfortable as they could be as characters. You know what's so funny? I mean, it, it, it is kind of funny that, you know, if you go on to Wikipedia right now and, you know, you search WrestleMania 34 and a fan wants to be like, hey, man, I, I, I want to go to WrestleMania 34. I want to see who's fighting. And, Graham, you see a, bu- you see a bunch of TB- TBDs. <laughs> see, oh, TBDs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you don't have uh, – there's not one match set in stone right now. And, you know, back in the day, you probably had maybe one or two, three the most. Like, all right, I know in February this match is going to happen at WrestleMania, but you got a bunch of to-be-determined matches. I mean, that's fine. Like, this is last week or the week before. I mean, I think it's good that they don't know what the card is because they can go a lot of different ways. I think a lot of people don't like the fact that the card is way too predictable in advance. But that being said, predictability isn't always a bad thing. The only concern that I have is that the creative themselves 
don't know where they're going with the card, True. and they're going to scramble to put together, you know, a makeshift card at the last second. Like that's what I'm worrying in all of this. Um, so, I mean, a lot of the matches are pretty much set in stone at this point. You have the Rousey intergender tag team match. You have AJ Nakamura, Roman, and Brock, and any of those matches could change. But it looks like they're pretty likely for the pay-per-view as of right now. Um, but I'm sure they will be officially confirmed for the card soon after their respective pay-per-views. Uh, you know, Fastlane and Elimination Chamber coming up in the next couple of mo- in the next couple of weeks. All right, Grant. One more before I let you go. Uh, we we've been talking about Fastlane. Um, the pay-per-views might be uh, getting a little makeover where after WrestleMania. And I think beginning in May with Backlash, it could be that now it'll be a co-branded pay-per-view. No more Raw exclusive. No more SmackDown exclusive pay-per-views. Not every pay-per-view is going to be co-branded. Um, rumor has it that it, it might go a little longer than, than we want it to be. Maybe, you know, four hours for Backlash and your Battlegrounds and four to five for your WrestleManias and SummerSlams and Rumbles and stuff like that. So um, do you think it's a good or wise move to at the WrestleMania to start doing co-branded pay-per-views as opposed to a pay-per-view for separate brands? I'm more in favor of the schedule they have right now. I know there was a lot of pay-per-views in 2017 that didn't light the world on fire, but you just got to write better fucking pros. I mean, what a concept. Just write better pay-per-views. Creative is the issue. It's not the schedule and the over the complete overhaul of the pay-per-view schedule. I mean, they have a lot of pay-per-views. I will agree with that, and they should cut back on them significantly. Um, but you can always have a raw pay-per-view in April, smacked on pay-per-view in May, right. and so on and so forth without doing two fucking pay-per-views a month. I think that's overkill. Definitely. But reportedly, if they go back to doing the dual-branded pay-per-views, then they're going to have the same schedule for the rest of 2018. So you're going to have the same people on every single pay-per-view. And not only that, but they'll have two pay-per-views a month sometimes, which is ridiculous. And it makes absolutely no sense. And there was also a rumor going around. I mean, just take this for what it's worth right now. It's not confirmed by any means that they might make the B pay-per-views like a backlash or an extreme rules or a hell in a cell four hours, not including the kickoff show. And the pay-per-views are already as long as they are. Um, they're already long as as it is, um, extending them to four hours, even though they will fit more stars on them between Raw and SmackDown. Even then, I don't think that would be enough time to fit all the stars from Raw and SmackDown for even the B-level pay-per-views. I get it for, like, SummerSlam and Rumble and stuff like that. Right. For the B-pay-per-views, there's a lot of guys like a Baron Corbin or a Dolph Ziggler or a, a fucking Elias that would not make these pay-per-views because they're not as big of a deal as a guy like a John Cena or an AJ Styles. They would never be on those shows. Um, so I'm not in favor of it. I know we have just a way bigger roster now than we did a few years ago. So it's, it's going to be it's going to be tough to, to fit that schedule. It looks like it's set in stone. The company has yet to officially announce it. Um, I'm not in favor of it, though. I'm not in favor of them extending the B-pay-per-views to four hours long. I think that's a waste, and it's way too much, and it doesn't do the talent any favors by going back to um, dual-branded pay-per-views. I think having the big four, the big five, or whatever, if you want to include Money in the Bank, that's fine, too. Beyond that, those are the only shows that should feature uh, both brands. Beyond that, I think the schedule they have right now with less pay-per-views would be ideal, and it makes the TVs in between also mean more, too. The month where there's not a raw pay-per-view, you can make those raw episodes mean more by building up a show like 
that last that last episode of SmackDown we got in 2016. I think it was called the Wild Card Show. Yeah, had a bunch of title matches and all that other shit. I know it was like a little over a year ago, and it was great. Like you could do more of that stuff on TV during the months where there isn't a pay per view. So uh-huh. yeah, I'm not in favor of the move. I hope it doesn't happen. Probably will. I heard they might hold the draft on the Backlash show, which is also kind of sort of dumb as well. I would just do that on Raw, but yeah, we'll see how it shakes out. But as it currently stands, I'm not in favor of it. Yeah, I, I, you know, real quick, I, I, for me, what hinders them is the fact that they have these the the gimmick matches as a pay per view, and I, I mean, you have gone through this so long for for the last couple of years that your hell your your hell in the cells, your TLCs, your your money in the banks, they should they should just be a match. They should not be. A, a fucking pay-per-view and I, I i get it and you know what's so funny when you have a, a five six seven hour wrestlemania and you have a bunch of guys who you don't really know what they're gonna do having not having the money in the bank match at wrestlemania is a big void that, that i think they haven't filled in years where right now we're asking ourselves what 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 do we do with Finn? What do we do with Seth Rollins? What do we do with Elias? What do we do with X, Y, and Z? Right there and then, you can say, boom, they could be in a Money in the Bank ladder match at WrestleMania. But now they got to wait for a whole pay per view in whatever uh, June, July, whatever it is. So a match like that could be at WrestleMania and not its own pay per view, which I don't think it needs its own pay per view or a special event. Hell in the Cell, the same thing. TLC, the same thing. So. Um, the changes it don't really affect me. Uh, I know you and you and uh, Mark was talking about it before. Like it just if, if you write better, you know, if you book them better, then it doesn't matter what your schedule is. But now when you have a co-branded pay-per-view and not everybody is gonna make the card, um, you have to decide which championship matches are worthy enough to make your backlash card, your battleground card, maybe. Maybe you might not even get the world title on the card. The main event might be for the Intercontinental Championship. You never know. They, they might do do different things like that, but the schedule don't affect me. I just wish they can write better, book better, and, and just provide more storylines for someone to, 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 buy, to buy the event, to go on the network and look at it. But uh, for me, my main thing is you got three pay-per-views that shouldn't be a pay-per-view, and whether you replace him with uh, fucking Armageddon, Judgment Day, King of the Rain, do all that stuff back, but Hell in a Cell, TLC, and Money in Bank hinders the fact that they should be on a a, a regular match on a, a on a pay per view and not be not be its own show. Yeah, like we said, we've talked about this time and time again. That I mean, it doesn't really have much to do with the dual brand pay per views. I think just cutting back in general, whether they're dual brand pay per views or not. Just cutting back on the number of pay-per-views is a must, and that's been a must for years now. And you can start with shows like Hell in a Cell and TLC and Extreme Rules, three pay-per-views that were really not all that good um, in 2017. That being said, I do agree that Money in the Bank at WrestleMania would be for the best. Um, that's, what, you know, that's where it started, and that's where you can put guys like Rollins and whatever. I know currently at WrestleMania... They have the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal that kind of serves as a substitute for those type of people. But that Battle Royal, they've had it for only maybe, what, four or five years now? It's so so, damaged. And by this point, you associate it with jobbers. 
Like, you don't put a guy like Rollins in that fucking battle royal because you associate it with losers. Because uh-huh. all the winners have gone on to do absolutely nothing. So why would they want to see a Rollins in that battle royal or, a, you know, a, a, an Elias or whoever? They should be in bigger matches like a Money in the Bank. Right. The only issue I see with that is that if they're going to make it a dual-brand pay-per-view, that's fine. It should have been a dual-brand pay-per-view from the start. The only issue I see with bringing it back to WrestleMania is now they have a women's Money in the Bank, too, which they'll probably bring back. So do you do a women's Money in the Bank and a men's Money in the Bank at WrestleMania, or do you just do it on the same show? Like That's why I think they should keep around the pay-per-view, because now they have two ladder matches. Hopefully, if we're not both brands, that would be insane. Doing four, one for the women and one for, you know, Raw and SmackDown, one for the women on both brands would be just stupid. But if they want to do one for the men, one for the women on the Money in the Bank pay-per-view next year, that's totally fine. But I would think that they wouldn't bring it back to WrestleMania for that reason alone. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's wishful thinking. But, you know, majority of uh, of what we want, we don't get. But it is what it is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, unless you're a big mark out there and just wants... Nakamura to win the belt and Oscar to win the belt and you want all these guys from NXT to come up. You've been getting your way recently, so there's no reason to complain. But um, the Chamber is, uh, I think, next week. So uh, Right, ne- next Sunday, right? Chamber is next Sunday, yep. All right, so I know, I know me and you and Mark would do the preview now next week. Uh, I know... We've we've had some technical difficulties where we're doing it separate now. So uh, I got Graham on now. I'm, I'm going to get Mark on and a few. But Graham Matthews, always a great job on the show. You're on Twitter at WrestleRant, host of the WrestleRant radio show and the featured columnist for Bleacher Report. Uh, I did not forget anything else, right? Um, I don't think so. I know Rich Swan got released. But that's right, right, dry. right. I mean, that was expected anyway. So that's really nothing shocking. Yeah, and I heard it was uh, his his birthday yesterday too. <laughs> was it? Re- oh shit! It was his birthday yesterday. Crazy, I remember right? reading that in the morning, and then I forgot. Oh fuck! I thank you for bringing that up. That is hilarious. But he usually agreed to part ways, so it wasn't like they fired him. I think it was more his decision than theirs. But it was probably uh-huh. uh, it goes both ways. Where they figured that we're not going to bring you back to TV. You beat up your wife. We're not going to push you. So you might as well just let, we might as well let you out of your contract early. And he said, Yeah, sure. So I think yeah. that's probably what happened. Um, but wow, I forgot the fact that it happened on his birthday. That sucks. Hey, if if they released him on his birthday, you know, correct correct me if I'm wrong. They didn't they release Punk on his wedding day or some shit like that. I was literally just about to say, oh, yeah, when on, you man. said that, it reminded me of Punk <laughs> saying in that podcast, Colt Cabana, a few years ago, that they yeah. gave him his release papers on his wedding day. So I never put anything past Vince McMahon. The guy is a savage. Exactly. Graham Matthews, always a pleasure, man. Next week, we'll talk about the Chamber. Sounds good, Randy. Thanks for having me on. I'll talk to you next week. All right, man. Take it easy. All right. Catch you down the road. Bye. All right. Mark Remondi, MMAfighting.com. He's on Twitter at Mark underscore Remondi. My man, how you doing? What's up, Randy? Doing good, man. Can't complain. How's uh, LA right now, man? All-Star Weekend's in full effect, bro. Um, every weekend is all star week <laughs> in, in LA, Randy, when we have 75 degrees all year long. Uh, just another weekend, uh, beautiful day today. Up a little early for me, but, uh, I'm going to have some coffee and, uh, and get, get going here. All right. And what better way to get you going to talk about, you know, you're my go-to guy when it comes to wrestling, uh, slash UFC talks. So now that, you know, we know Rousey is in 
the WWE, but now she's going to sign her quote unquote contract at the Elimination pay per view. I think next Sunday, which takes takes place in Las Vegas. Um, are you at all excited excited about that fact that she's going to sign her contract at the pay per view? Well, I mean, for a few reasons, it's it's uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what they do because you would imagine that in that situation they're going to somehow set up her WrestleMania match. Now we don't 100 percent know what that's going to be, but there's been reports, of course, that it's going to be some kind of a a mixed tag match with her and a partner, right? Uh, to be named against The Rock. I mean, not against Triple H and Seth Rollins. So uh, one would imagine there would be some kind of confrontation, some kind of angle that would play for building that up, especially since uh, WrestleMania is what's, I mean, it's only about seven, six weeks away at this point, so it's getting, it's getting pretty close. they got to start doing uh, something to get the, uh, the wheels in motion for that. Um, what I find uh, very interesting and, and kind of curious about the timing and the location of, of them doing this is that it's at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. and. Yeah. That is uh, maybe coincidentally the the scene, the location, the arena of Ronda Rousey's last fight, which was a 48 second knockout against Amanda Nunes at UFC 207 in December 2016. Now, I, when I first saw that, I, I thought, well, are they going to somehow use uh, Rousey's loss, knockout loss, in that same building in her last fight as part of an angle, as part of the angle to build up? WrestleMania, and I don't, I don't think they would because I mean, look, uh, Rousey has not spoken about her losses at all publicly. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's still a very sore subject for her. Even in the interview she gave to ESPN's Ramona Shelburne when she announced that she'd be signing with WWE full time, she still wouldn't talk about the the losses that she actually got. She actually started crying a little bit when asked about them. So I have a hard time believing. That they're going to use that as part of the angle. I don't know if Stephanie McMahon or Triple H is going to talk about her her knockout loss. I mean, I would be very surprised, but it seems like like a really big coincidence, though, Randy, that that the site of her last fight is going to be the site of her her quote unquote contract fighting. I think that's really interesting, and I, we'll see if they do anything with it. But uh, maybe Dana White will show up. Who knows? I mean, it's in Las Vegas. It's, uh, that that to me is the most interesting part of, of the whole thing. So real quick, um, as it pertains to setting up her WrestleMania moment, her WrestleMania match, her mixed tag team match, as it stands right now, the rumor is Triple H, Stephanie McMahon against Rousey and a partner to be named. And right now, if we have to say the top three candidates for her partner, we're going to say The Rock, Kurt Angle. And is is there somebody else who... You feel like could be the partner in the event The Rock is unable to to to, uh, to do it, and if Kurt Angle can't do it, or if they put him in a match with somebody else, who else is out there that you could feel like okay, Rousey coming in with this person is still as good for a tag team partner in the event Kurt Angle and The Rock can't do it. Well, I think uh, I think last week we talked about Seth Rollins possibly being that that guy. As, as a tag team partner, and, and it's funny, after we said it last week on the podcast, I, I think it was the first time anyone has really uh, uh, broached that topic. I saw it somewhere on, online after that. So I, there's, some, there's someone re, uh, listening to this uh, this podcast, apparently. I hope so. I did see the Seth Rollins <laughs> speculation after, after we talked about it for the first time last week. Um, I, I've seen Braun Strowman's name um, online as a possible uh, uh, tag 
with, with Triple H that kind of started at Survivor Series, which we've heard nothing about since November. And that there's been nothing done to advance that. So that could be something. And, and then uh, I also saw, I think I think it was Dave Meltzer who reported that, that Shane McMahon is like a backup plan. Oh, I'm no. not sure how they would do that in six weeks, how that would make sense. Right. Um, they would really need to hot shot that. They would really need to kind of, uh, you know, something that would probably need a, a bigger storyline would need to get done kind of in a rush. So I don't see that happening. There are people on Raw that make sense right now. So I, w- I would say those are those are my top three. If it's not The Rock, I would say Angle, Braun, and, and Seth Rollins would, would make the most sense. Yeah, because I, I, I just had Graham on uh, earlier, and I said, hey, listen, you know, now with Jason Jordan being out, which I think him and Seth were going to be the match at Mania, and Seth is now in the the chamber match. He more than likely won't win that match. So then it's like, what do you do with Seth at WrestleMania? And I'm like, he. I told him he might be the partner for Rousey in the event there's no him and Kurt Angle going at it. Um, it, it you know, in the event the Rock is unable to, to, you know, to be available. So if it's Seth and Ronda Rousey, I, I, I'm all for it. I really look at her quote-unquote contract signing to be you know you know not for me but most will look at it as like like a second chance to kind of introduce her properly because some kind of felt a way where when she came out at the rumble she was you know i i know she was happy to be there i know she was you know in in, in a different place and everything but you kind of expect her to come out and be how she would walk to the ring for her ufc fight where it's it's like tyson coming to the ring and being this, this this badass. So now at the chamber contract signing Las Vegas, do you think that they will repeat what they did at the Rumble where she comes out with the Piper shirt, the Piper jacket, all smiling and wanna shake hands? Or do you think they kind of switch it where you might get that, but she'll kind of flip it where you might start seeing the real intense Ronda Rousey, even though it's, it's only for a contract signing? Yeah, it needs to be something different than than what she did because her her demeanor at at the Royal Rumble, where I mean, it came it came off as as natural and organic because I think that was I mean that was legitimately the feeling that she was having, the emotions she was having. Yeah, but she needs to she needs to I mean that that's not that's not a a she was she was not uh, it was not an act. I mean, she was she was kind of coming there as like a celebrity guest. It felt like mm-hmm. not an actual full time pro wrestler. So now she has to get into the character. She needs she needs to figure out what that character is. I mean, I think we all have an idea of what that character should be uh, as far as uh, like you said, Randy, the, the MMA badass coming over and, and wanting to show that she's dominant in this in this medium as well. Um, yeah, that was absent at the Rumble, and and I think it has to come in full force here. And and uh, the question for me is is how much are they going to do as far as her talking? Is she going to cut a promo? Is she ready to cut a promo in front of you know seventeen, eighteen thousand people that'll probably be in attendance? Mm-hmm. Or will will she kind of uh, just kind of mean mug, you know, or, or you know, or, or kind of just use her her body language? Because I mean, it's, body language is hard to get across too, um, you know, in, in acting. It's not easy. None of this stuff is easy, especially when you you have uh, eighteen thousand people who are going to scrutinize your your behavior right. and react accordingly. It's uh, it's definitely going to be nerve wracking for her. It's, it's it's a different type of thing because. When you're going into a fight, uh, you know that is the main goal. Uh, you know she she is tuned in on the fight. Um, she's not she doesn't have to be tuned in on on playing up to the crowd. Whereas she has to play up, play up the crowd now. And um, I part of me, and I don't know if it'll happen or not. But you know if, if the crowd does turn on her, they're they're building up with a babyface 
And I'm not sure if that's the right move uh, at this point. I think that maybe, uh, he, you know, bringing her in as a heel would have been a little bit easier for, for all sides to, ha- to handle, including the wrestling fan base. Bringing her in as babyface is, is more pressure because if the crowd turns on her, what does she do? How does she react? We don't know. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be really interesting to see. That That's one of the things that I have, you know, on my mind that I'm going to look for is, like, how, how does the crowd respond? Are they booing her? Are they cheering her? If they boo her, how does she... How does she deal with that? Uh, so uh, it's it's very fascinating to see. I think that there were there were there was it was much easier to bring her in as a heel, and there were things that made sense to do with her as a heel. But apparently they're they're stuck on this Triple H or Stephanie Stephanie Man rivalry. So we'll we'll see how we'll see how it goes. Yeah, because I I, I read somewhere that the, the reason why she's being brought in for Chamber is you know to kind of to kind of get more people to buy tickets and you know it is you know it is Vegas the the, the site of her her final UFC fight uh, almost two years ago so uh, I think it'll be very interesting to see what kind of reaction she would get. Um, it is the land of UFC, and of course, a lot of UFC fans are going to be there. And it is Vegas, and she might want to come out as uh, as as a as a face, but then the crowd could turn on you real quick. So, um, regardless of what the, how the crowd reacts, I don't think that'll change the course of her being the you know the, the good guy, the good girl going into WrestleMania. So, but I am very interested to see how the crowd plays out to see how they react to her. Yeah, that that is that's a big deal for me, and I, I maybe and maybe you're right. I think I think what you just said about about just selling tickets is, is probably the real reason why they wanted her to do that. They wanted to do that in Vegas. I think that's probably I, I maybe I'm, I'm probably thinking too much into it. It's probably just that. It's probably just to up the gate because she is a known commodity in Vegas. Vegas is the you know the capital of. of I mean, it's the fight capital of the world. It's where the, it's where the UFC headquarters are. Most fights are there, so there is that built-in MMA fan base that knows her there. So that must be the thinking, and I, and I was probably overthinking it. But yeah, it's probably just it's probably just uh, something to sell tickets and, and and you know put the bus in the seats. Right. I mean, you know, plus I've heard that Vegas is your second home, and so you know that's what I heard. Well, I mean, not not by <laughs> choice. Uh, you know, for for work purposes, Randy. I don't know what you're trying to say here. <laughs> Do 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 you prefer LA or Vegas? LA to live. Uh, I mean, I think LA will probably overall. There uh-huh. was a time when I was uh, a younger, a younger gentleman in my in my twenties that I that I uh, partook in the the fun that Vegas has to offer. But those days, my friend, are are long over. <laughs> All right, back to wrestling. <laughs> um. Speaking of Rousey, uh, again, this is something that you know can make people roll their eyes or turn their heads. The fact that, again, reading somewhere online, the fact that she, not saying the sole reason, but one of the many reasons why she was brought in was to put in put put over Stephanie McMahon, and, and it's something where, you know, they want to rehash what Tyson and Austin did with with McMahon, and you know, Stephanie is is known, but not to to, to the capacity. That Vince is all over the world and and stuff like that. So bringing Rousey, like having what McMahon, Tyson, Austin was, they want Rousey to be that for Stephanie. Why? I have no idea. I don't know why they would they they would even do that. But is there some court some kind of truth that she's only in, or majority of the reason why she's in? One because she wants to be there, but two, the fact that Stephanie would like. Ronda to put her her over to some capacity. 
Yeah, I, I read I read Dave Meltzer's report. I think it was last week about that. And look, I, would I put that past them? Absolutely not. And one of the interesting things that that he wrote is that they're trying to they, the the idea is to recreate the Austin versus McMahon rivalry in the modern day. That the 2018 version of that they want it to be Ronda Rousey versus Stephanie McMahon. Now I think that that could work. But it has to be booked very, very carefully, mm-hmm. and 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 uh, I mean, there, there's there's very little room for error because again, like we're talking about, Ronda Rousey is going to come in and she's going to get a mixed reaction. She's not going to get cheers right away. Uh, when when did when Kurt Angle announced that she was going to be doing her contract signing last week on Raw at Elimination Chamber, it was a mixed reaction. It wasn't it wasn't uh, you know crazy cheers. It was a little there was a little bit of booze mixed in. There was. There was a little bit of apathy uh, mixed in, so they really need to do it right now. As far as the mainstream goes, there's no doubt that she's going to draw in the headline. There's no doubt about that. But like Brock, now he he's part of the roster. He doesn't get as much mainstream attention as he used to. So once she, you know, as as the going gets on, Randy, she's not going to be in the headlines every single every single event. So the, 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 in the short term, I, I like the. I mean, I think that could be a good idea. To get both of them over now, I don't. I don't want to. It doesn't make sense for Stephanie McMahon to ever go over Ronda Rousey because Ronda Rousey is, uh, you know, she's still an elite fighter, and she was at one point the most dominant women's fighter of all time. And Stephanie McMahon is an executive, so if she, if, if Stephanie McMahon, in any physical sense, ever goes over Ronda Rousey, that doesn't make any sense because just, I mean, just the reality of it. If you if you want to bring that in, yeah. one of them is not even a, like a, a wrestler. If you want to say like Oscar goes over Ronda Rousey at some point or Charlotte goes over Ronda Rousey, that's fine because they're actually athletes. Whereas yeah. Stephanie McMahon is just is just the, the boss. So I mean, if, if they use it to boost both of their profiles, and maybe it does help Rousey get over as a babyface because Stephanie McMahon is a very good heel. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Uh, it could work, but if, if they're going into it with the thought of we're going to use Ronda Rousey to get Stephanie McMahon over, you know, in the mainstream, I think that is uh, that is the wrong way to uh, that is the wrong end yeah. means if, if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, I you know for those who want to go back and see how Tyson came in and and again it, there is some similarity, but not that much different. Where you know Tyson was a fan. He's in the uh, in the stands with with Shane at the Rumble '98. He's clapping, cheering for Stone Cold, and he comes out on Raw the next night. He's just like, you know, semi intense, but he's he's waving to the crowd and everything. And he, I, I guess he wanted to shake Stone Cold's hand, but Stone Cold wasn't going to do it. But then at the at the end, he pushes Stone Cold, and then you get this altercation. So now, in, in, as it relates to Rousey, she does. Her, whatever she did to, to, to Hunter and Stephanie at WrestleMania 31. And then when she's back in the, when she's in the company for real, she wants to shake Stephanie's hand. So it's like, if they want to rehash and make it the modern Stone Cold Tyson McMahon, they could do it, but you're, you're not going to get anywhere near that level unless you start pulling back the curtain and, and taking some risks and do something that's that's out the ordinary and it, it can't just be no sometimes sometimes it can't just be wrestling related storylines it has to be some kind of realism to you know to the shit so if if they do it the way they've been doing everything else then it's not going to work if they kind of make it some part part real where you kind of get the 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 real Rousey involved then then it might work 
and there's also one other thing uh, worth noting about this too is that mm-hmm. when you had Austin versus McMahon, one of them was a world class wrestler. One of them was a great worker right. who, if they did have a match, whether it be a tag or a singles match, Austin could carry McMahon in a match and actually have it be a pretty decent match. Ronda Rousey is not a wrestler, and Stephanie McMahon is not a wrestler. There's no worker in that group. Maybe Ronda Rousey will make some you know, huge leaps and bounds as far as in-ring work. We don't know. We've never seen it. We have no idea. But right, as far as uh, ring generalship and carrying a match, she's not ready to do that at that point. So, uh, they, they, I mean, if they're, if they're looking toward a singles match between the two of them sometime this year, it could not be very good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. So, hopefully, you know, they... they I, I won't say they have one more chance at it, but I think they, they can can improve on how she comes out and whether she talks on the mic, does a promo. Um, they have a week and a half to figure that out at, at the chamber to get more people in, you know, want to get involved in WrestleMania and want to buy WrestleMania and stuff like that. But um, just remains to be seeing how her and, and the whole Stephanie thing pl- uh, plans out. Um, speaking of UFC real quick, um, two things. One that I saw last night that the possibility, again, quote-unquote possibility or rumor, people getting excited, the fact that could we see a Floyd Mayweather-CM Punk matchup in the UFC, Mark? <laughs> uh, no, I don't, I don't think there's any way that could happen because they're just not in the same weight class. That, that's, really the big, that's really the big deal to me. I mean, if, if, if that weren't an obstacle, I could see it possibly happening. CM Punk's first fight was at 170 pounds, and he had talked about before that fight possibly fighting at 185 pounds. So he's a he's a bigger guy than Floyd. Floyd Mayweather fought Conor McGregor at 154, and has fought the majority of his career at 147. So we're talking about a you know a 20 plus pound difference in, in the size of these two guys. I mean, money money does talk though. So I, I can never ever say never when it comes to Floyd Mayweather because. The, the amount of money that he commands, the, 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 I mean, the, the, the massive draw that he is, does make things bend to his will sometimes. If this is really what he wants, he, he will probably push the issue. And it's not easy telling Floyd Mayweather no. So is it going to happen? Probably not. I, I would say I'm, I'm, I'm pretty certain it won't happen, but I'll never say never when it comes to Floyd because I thought Conor McGregor versus Floyd May- Mayweather wouldn't happen, and then that, that, of course, did, and maybe it'll happen again. All right, so nothing else really much to talk about when it comes to CM Punk and Floyd Mayweather, right? No, but CM Punk will be fighting in the UFC this year. He'll be fighting uh, Mike Jackson uh, in Chicago. 225, right? 25. Yeah, uh, in June. So that you know, now, now, now that's the proper venue where you chant CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk, not at a <laughs> at a backlash or a raw. Which I, I really don't care. I really don't care. These fans, you know, people take shit so serious. Where oh, why are you chanting CM Punk? At a, uh, listen, I mean, Mark, if you're a fan and you go to a show, I mean, as long as you're not you know obnoxious or disrespectful. And stuff like that. That's different. Like, like I didn't like the fact when Kurt Angle was doing the promo, um, he was he was in the ring and saying Jordan was going to be out for uh, X amount of time. He had neck surgery, and the fans were cheering. Like, like shit like that 
that's not cool. You know what I'm saying? Whether you like the whether you like the the, the person, um, the character or not, you can't cheer for someone that's, who's gonna miss X amount of time because of a big time injury. Now that shit ain't cool. But now, if you want to chant CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk, I mean, like, hey. You do what you you do what you want when when you when you when you buy that ticket, right? You could do that. You can you can bring your, your your freaking beach balls. You can do all that stuff if you want. But when it comes to someone getting hurt, that's the part I ain't like on Raw. Yeah, I'm not a huge beach ball fan either. I, I don't I don't like the idea of trying to hijack the show as, as fans because even I mean yeah you buy your ticket so you do have certain rights. But you also don't want to ruin the performances for everyone else. When when you get a ticket to a Broadway, a Broadway show, mm-hmm. you don't start you know chanting shit. You know you don't you don't start doing stuff like that because most people are there to enjoy the performance. Right. And the same thing. And the same thing goes for pro wrestling shows. I think that you're 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 within your right to do what you want to do, unless it takes away the enjoyment of the performance from your your peers from the other fans. So if if you're if everyone is chanting CM Punk, I'm completely fine with that. But if some knuckleheads have a beach ball and they're hitting it around when you're trying to watch <laughs> a great tag team match with Sheamus and Cesaro, uh, you know, I'm, and you know, ninety percent of the crowd is into the match and wants to watch the match, then you're then you're uh, you know you're a, a dick. But but uh, if if, uh, if you're not disturbing the people around you and and the crowd as a whole, I think that's well within within your rights to do. Okay, so real quick, which which chant do you prefer more? CM Punk, CM Punk, you you deserve it, or this is awesome for like every single time there's a match. Look, I mean, this is awesome. <laughs> this is awesome. Is I don't mind that chant, but it just gets overused. I mean, this exactly. is awesome. It should not be chanted. You know, on a random raw match. I mean, it should be saved for something like a huge spot, or or like a five star match, or you know, four and four plus or a six star match. match, something like that. I mean, I, I look, look, I, I I'm glad that you're enjoying the show. I, that that I mean, so if you want to chant it, fine, but you don't want to chant it so often that it it is rendered meaningless. And I feel like that has happened. Where I think I've heard this is awesome chants on Raw every week. Look, there's there have been some good matches on Raw, but they're not. This is awesome matches, in in my opinion. Oh yeah, you know, there've been plenty of this is awesome. Whether I watch it on TV or live, I, I go to SummerSlam and and stuff and stuff like that. So it's like, oh wow, our true versus Goldust. This is awesome. Like really, okay, like, oh, <laughs> like what match am I not watching? But you know, I, I think I think going back to CM Punk, like it just you know. Um, they can chant CM Punk all they want. I, I don't. I don't take any offense to it. I mean, they are chanting for a guy who is no longer in the company and may may not come back. But I think there's a possibility of him coming back. But um, him against Floyd w- would be interesting if it ever were to happen. I can't count it out because we all said Floyd versus Connor won't happen, and eventually it did. Uh, it did. But last one before I let you go. There's a. There's been talk about with. When it comes to to Raw and and I assume SmackDown, that the possibility of the WWE looking into changing channels, where you know they've been on the USA for for, for quite some time, but now Fox is in the mix of trying to acquire uh, Raw and maybe SmackDown. 
whether SmackDown goes to FS1 or, or, or just Raw for Fox, um, and I think over 200 million was was the offer. And knowing that UFC is already on Fox and FS1, um, real quick, uh, let's let, let, let's kind of break this down. Would the WWE to Fox be a big move for them, or kind of like a not so big move for them because they've been on USA for so long? It would be a big move. I mean, if if they could get Raw on on Big Fox on on the Fox Network, that would be a big deal. I mean, because that would be uh, Raw. Raw right now gets good ratings, uh, not the best ratings they've ever gotten, but they're still good ratings for a cable network. They're still some of the best ratings all week on cable. And if you put it in front of an audience like like Fox, it'll it'll of course draw more draw more ratings and possibly get more eyes on the product. So that is a big deal. I mean. WWE has not been on network television that much during its during its time. I mean, True. it was a lot a lot more like in the in the in the eighties and early nineties with with uh, you know Saturday Night's main event and that type of thing. But having a having Raw on Fox would be would be massive to me. That would be a really big deal. And then I, I mean, I guess from what from the reports I've seen uh, in, in multiple places, FS1 would be the the station that carries SmackDown. Which I mean, that would really make it. It would it would be a giant. I mean, there, there's already, of course, uh, some you know some uh, favoring of Raw. Of course, that is still the flagship show. But if you have Raw on Fox and SmackDown on FS1, that would make the gap widen a lot. It would almost make. I mean, there would be, there would be some talent who wouldn't want to be on on SmackDown at all, and and you, it would it would put the US up. It would put WWE in a position where they would want almost all of their top draws on on Fox not on FS1 because FS1 has a, I mean a fraction of the of the viewership so I mean that I mean this is all conjecture we have no idea what's going to happen but <clears throat> bottom line if if they were to get that Fox deal it would be it would be a really big one for them because I mean Fox has uh Fox also has like a digital network going on with Fox Sports Go they have FS1 they have they have uh, FX which I believe is still part of Fox it's kind of confusing because Disney bought a portion of Fox so I know that I know that the, the Fox Sports stuff and like the Fox Network stuff is still there. Um, some of the other properties have now been are now owned by Disney, so it's very confusing. But uh, bottom line, it would be it would be a, it would be a big deal. I mean, also whoever gives them the most money is, is where they're going to go. And if that's Fox, then even you know all the better. But they'll probably still stay at, U, uh, at USA if the money is right. So now, what does that mean for the? Well, no, not what is, but what would that mean for the UFC in the event Fox lands a deal with the WWE? Well, they won't get both. I'm, I'm, I'm confident in saying there's no way Fox is going to get both. They just, they just got Thursday Night Football, so that's going to be a major money investment, of course, and the, the. The WWE deal and the UFC deal will cost around the same, somewhere in the two hundred, three hundred million a year range. Now they're not going to shell out money for both of those properties. If, if, uh, and, and Fox is in the driver's seat because they have the, they have, uh, they have options. You know, if they want, if they want WWE, they can go full board and they have a good chance of getting that. If they want to keep the UFC, they can still do that. Although I'm not sure how likely that is at this point. Um. Uh, I, I see there are some signs that the, that the Fox UFC relationship is, is a little bit, uh, I mean, it's not completely broken, but it's a little bit frayed, I guess you could say, at, at this juncture. So if, if, 
if WWE ends up on Fox, then the UFC will need to find another home. And there are options out there. I mean, the UFC is, is it isn't the hot product that it was in 2016. McGregor and, I mean, obviously Rousey is in WWE. McGregor hasn't fought in the UFC since, since 2016. So, uh, although there is a, you know, the possibility of a boxing match here or there for him and, and, and his comeback at some point, the, 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 uh, the question would be, where does, where does the UFC go? And I would imagine it would be a combination of places, kind of like, you know, like the NBA does, where it's on multiple networks, you know, the NFL is on multiple networks. So I can see the UFC splitting up their TV deal between multiple networks and possibly a streaming service, a Netflix or an Amazon or um, Hulu, something like that. Um, I, I could see three different places. I can see the UFC being on in three different places. And they also have their, their uh, UFC Fight Pass digital network, which could get sold. I mean, they could, I mean that, could, that could be a place where they put Fight 2, kind of like the WWE Network, to get more subscribers. So there are options on the table. Um, but but uh, last thing on that, when, when the UFC sold the WMEIMG in 2016, uh, they, they were expecting at that point a $400 million a year for their TV deal. The, the, the landscape in television deals for sports has changed since then. Since 2016, I mean, and and not favorably for them, and also they've they've been on a little bit of a downward trend. So there's no way they're getting 400 million a year. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably going to be closer to 200 million. Uh, so they'll probably have half that, if not less, maybe a little bit more, but somewhere in that range. Now, do you feel like you know, with with the possibility of this move, you know, again, may not may or may not happen, but do you feel like nowadays that the WWE let me let me let me rephrase that. Is the WWE as valuable to USA Network as it once was? Um. Yeah. I mean, it is. It is very valuable. I mean, it's look. It's it's never going to get back to the Attitude Era. Most likely, it would it would take a lot to get back there because mm-hmm. the world has changed. You know, the product has changed. The world has changed. There there are many differences. But WWE's. I mean, five hours of content each week between Raw and SmackDown does very good ratings. So USA is not putting something on on Monday night for three hours that gets the kind of rating that Raw gets. It's not happening. You know, there, there's nothing out there. there. They can't produce anything. There's, no, there's nothing. And then SmackDown, same thing. They're not finding five hours of content every week to put on there that would draw the rating that Raw and SmackDown gets. That's, that's, that's just it. So it's still very valuable there's no doubt it would be a big blow to USA if, if they lose that <clears throat> and my last one to you uh, Mark before I let you go um, whether it's UFC or the WWE which one which one of Fox and FS1 do you feel benefits more to having their programming on their channel do you, do you still feel like UFC is still beneficial to both FS1 and Fox or do you feel like the WWE can be more beneficial to Fox and FS1 going forward if it were to happen. I mean, it, it's it's mixed. I mean, I think um, if you're looking purely from a rating standpoint, just the numbers, just the bottom line, mm-hmm. WWE is is more valuable to a cable network and to a broadcast network because they have their best draws, their best characters, their best wrestlers on television just about every week. Brock Lesnar comes and goes, but but I mean he's on Raw fairly regularly. UFC still works with a model where 
they're putting their best fighters and their best fights on pay-per-view, not on cable, not on network television. So from that standpoint alone, of course, WWE is going to be more valuable as a, as a, as a broadcast product on television, on cable, because of that. Because everyone is available. They're, they're going to have Ronda Rousey on Raw relatively often this year, most likely. And that is a big draw. That, that is a boost to the rating. But from a kind of a, a macro look at it, I think FS1 and, and Fox and Fox Sports, it still kind of makes sense to stay with the UFC in a way because it is, it is true sport. It is a real sport. Mm. Uh, it's Fox Sports. It's, it's, it's the NFL. Now they have, of course, the, the, the Thursday night football deal. Right. It's baseball. It's uh, the college basketball. It's, all, it's NASCAR. They have all those TV deals already lined up. It's a sports network, and they are sports properties, whereas WWE would be a little different. It would go from MLB to NFL to college hoops to NASCAR to WWE. Now, you, it, it, it's, it's not a true sport. It's, it's more of an entertainment property. So, I mean, in, in that sense, from like a, a, a consistency standpoint, the UFC kind of fits what Fox is doing more, but that may not mean anything because we don't know what Fox has planned for the next five years. Maybe... WWE is part of a, a bigger plan to add more entertainment properties. I don't know. But they did just sell a part of their entertainment company to Disney. So they've, they've kind of expelled some of their entertainment networks. If they still have like FX and they still have some of these entertainment networks under the Fox banner, it would make more sense because those are entertainment networks, WWE's entertainment, um, sports entertainment. But uh, I, think, I think you see, see where I'm going. Like from, from kind of a consistency standpoint and a branding standpoint, it may it may make more sense for the UFC to keep. Uh, it may make more sense for Fox to keep the UFC, but from a sheer rating standpoint and a money standpoint, which is probably what everyone is going to do anyway, then WWE is a more valuable product on, on television. Oh, we could oh we can just have Triple H against Dana White in a shoot fight, and the winner gets Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Would watch. Would watch. Oh man, um, I mean, yeah, very, very interesting stuff. Um, you know, it, they they made the move before to to TNN, so it's not like they won't move again. The money has to be right, the ratings and stuff like that, the the, the timing. Um, even if they go to Fox or FS1, would it still be three hours in your in your estimation for um, uh, uh, Raw being three hours? Um, on Fox or FS1 if they do that? Or do you think they'll probably say, hey, listen, three is too much. Let's break it down to two. No, it will It will not. I'm, I'm confident in saying it will not be three hours. From everything that I've read, uh, it, the, the decision to go to three hours is solely a USA Network decision. Mm. And, and, it's, and it's because of what we just spoke about because there's not, there's, USA is not putting anything on that's getting that kind of rating. There's nothing there. Right. So they, want, they want to stretch out WWE programming as much as possible. So I, I would be confident in saying that Unless FS1 or, or Fox wants the same thing, then I think it'll go back to two hours. Or how about this? Just thought of this. Maybe they could do two hours on Big Fox and then do one last hour of Raw on FS1 to help get more audience for FS1. Just, uh, just throwing that out there. Possibility. Okay, all right. Okay, Mark, we got we we, we got to get you a, a job with the, with the writing team, with the <laughs> development team. That was, that was a pretty good idea. <laughs> 
Go ahead and pay me the big bucks here down at MadeFunny.com, Randy. <laughs> I mean, it can add to your, your your lavish LA life. You go to Vegas sometimes <laughs> on the weekend, you know, stuff like that. But uh, hey, listen, if they do that, that'll, that'll make perfect sense. Or two hour Raw on Fox, and then you do your 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 whatever the post show on FS1, like they do for UFC, the post fight show, like. No more of these kickoff and everything on the network. But the thing is, the network is still there. And it's like, you know, I, I feel like at some point, they're going to put Raw and SmackDown live on the network at some point. It just, But I know they get more money from the, from the revenue, from the, from the advertisers on, on national TV, from being on USA. But I think at some point, they, they're going to go on the, the, the fucking network and just do Raw and SmackDown from there. Eventually, probably, but... There, there's just too money, out, too much money out there right now exactly. in broadcast deals. And there, there will be a time where everything is just digital. You know, where every, pretty much almost everything is just digital, and it'll, it'll, uh, it'll that'll happen. I mean, they'll, it'll raw will be on there. SmackDown will be on the network, but I think that's probably still a good ten years away. Definitely, uh, Mark Raimondi, uh, great stuff. He, uh, he's on Twitter at Mark underscore Raimondi uh, for MMAfighting.com. Go ahead and follow him, and uh, he does great MMA stuff, now wrestling stuff. So um, go ahead and check him out. Mark, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, Randy. Good talking to you. All right, man. Take it easy. Take care. All right.